0: now back to
1: The Extreme Society
2: Show. All right, welcome back to TheExtremeSocietyShow.com. Hey, for anybody listening right now, if you're not currently subscribed to www.TheExtremeSocietyShow.com, make sure you do it today. Uh, Here in Cleveland, Ohio today, the Cavs are playing the Detroit Pistons, and we're up, so I'm happy about that. Go Cavs! The other thing is the weather's awesome. We made it into the mid-70s today, so I'm happy about that. It was
0: actually
2: 85 here. Yeah, well... I don't know, 75 where I'd look. But anyhow, I'd like to uh, welcome finally to the Extreme Studios, we've got the host of Disorderly Conduct, Dr. J.
3: Good evening, everybody.
2: And we've got Mr. Matt Beaton here in the house. Hello. All right. So um, in a few minutes here, we're going to be getting in touch with uh, Alan Watt from Cutting Through the Matrix. Uh, We've got a few questions that we're going to be asking him, and I'm anticipating a pretty good interview with him. Uh, strongly encourage that you check out his site. We'll have some more information about him on our page, so if you ever want to check that out, um, good to go. Um, after our interview with uh, Mr. Watt, we're going to give uh, Dr. J the most anticipated response to a listener's comment that was on his page, uh, one of the most controversial beginnings to one of our shows when we had uh, Russ Dizdar on. Uh, we had some comments that were kind of thrown out there that uh, – weren't too appealing to some of Mr. Dizdar's listeners, and no disrespect to Mr. Dizdar or any of his followers. It was just something that happened, and it is what it is. But uh, anyhow, uh, what's been going on, guys? Nothing, just working. Working, Working, hanging out. All right. Moving this weekend, going out to Medina. Oh, okay. Good old Medina. Well, all right. um, Beautiful Medina, Ohio. In heaven on earth. I think what we're going to try to do now is uh, get a hold of our guest here and uh, go forward from there. Anybody, uh, you got? Uh, we all set here sure. with our information. Sure. Okay. Good. Good. Good.
4: I think we're ready, Jim.
2: I got a comment here in the chat room The chat rooms are open, by the way The Stickham chat room is open And also, too, if you pull up a secondary browser On the ExtremeSocietyShow.com You can also go to a live chat there Someone just made a comment Don't worry about Dizdar, he's a twat oh.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Now, wait, refresh my memory uh, Rush Dizdar, what, what did he talk about again? He, I don't know, he, I fell
3: asleep during that he, episode he,
2: He's a pastor He's a pastor, And he has the website ShatteredTheDarkness.com I mean, I thought it was a great interview with him I mean, I learned some new things uh, I, I don't have anything bad to say about about him personally, but you know, hey. So
3: wait, in, now, did in, he in wrap up? I think it, it had something like all religion sucks except for Christianity or something like that. And I don't really remember. Now was he was he a uh, an, an expert on on like satanic
4: and occult crime? Is that what he yes, was talking about? Yes. Oh yeah, that's what it was. And I just I I wasn't on that show, and I would have loved to have been because I I would have had some questions. But I just oh, definitely. I just wanted to throw out this question to uh, to him out there that you know from my own readings of, uh, things like the satanic ritual abuse and, uh, like the occult crimes stuff, which I'm very interested in. But, uh, little, just a little fact that I've found interesting is that in the early 1990s, like in 91, the FBI conducted an extensive, uh, research into the, the history behind, like, satanic ritual abuse and, uh, recovered memories and stuff. And they found that there was no evidence to support the existence of an underground international satanic conspiracy. Interesting. So, whatever
2: that means. Well, we're going to go ahead and call our guest now and uh, get him on, and then uh, Big Bill's got some questions for him, and uh, hopefully we can get things going. You have all your papers ready, Bill. Yeah. you study hard? You sound like Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to be like Rush Limbaugh. Hi, Alan Watt? Yes. Hi, this is James from the Extreme Society Show. How are you? Not so bad. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight. We really do appreciate you having us, uh, having you on our show tonight. Uh, I want to say uh, Mr. Alan Watt hosts a show called Cutting Through the Matrix, and that's cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Can you share with our audience uh, what times that you air?
0: Yes, it's on uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern time uh, every Monday to Friday.
2: Awesome. Well, I just want to introduce you to our cast tonight and explain a little bit how our show actually works. Uh, here at the Extreme Society, we talk about virtually all different kinds of topics, but uh, mostly the hot topic has been uh, the Illuminati agenda, New World Order agenda, and, of course, uh, the good old Obama administration. But I want to introduce to you who we have at our table tonight. Um, I'm, of course, Jim. Uh, we've got Big Bill with us. Good evening, Alan. Good evening. Uh, we've got Christina. Hello. Hi. We've got Jason. Good evening, sir. Hi, Jason. Uh, We've got uh, Matt from Columbus. Hello, Matt. Hello, and we've got Mr. Matt Beaton. Two Matts. Two Matts. Okay. (laughs) Well, I'm going to go ahead and pass you off to Bill.
1: We've got some questions to ask you, and again, uh, we appreciate you being on the show.
0: Righto.
1: Well, first thing I want to ask you about Alan is uh, you're a very uh, wonderful. You have a a great website. I wanted to ask you a little bit about uh, the website and what you're, you know, as far as some of the. uh, issues and points that you're trying to get across to some of your uh, listeners and viewers?
0: What I'm trying to get across to them by going through the histories of the last, uh, oh, even a couple of hundred years to an extent, maybe even longer, is to show them that this big plan, this world agenda, uh, has been going on for an awful long time. I try and, and read from the sources of the big foundations, those that comprise what I call, the, well, not just me, Carol, quickly call them the parallel government, who designed um, basically the whole of the 20th century, including talking about the need for world wars to bring countries to their knees in order to bring them into a global society. And I try to give them from their own, say, books from the think tanks that are involved and the foundations and especially the Council on Foreign Relations that's a big mover in th- this whole uh, stage play. Uh, and to show the public where it's all supposed to go. And it's not just about having a nice, um, quiet, utopic world. It's a a completely different, ordered society they want to bring in. And uh, I use their own own writings to show the public that uh, it's incredibly elitist. Uh, The world they're bringing in will be one where you simply obey authority. And right now, they're they're in the process of getting the US to catch up with the rest of the world, especially Europe. Um, and Obama, his job is simply to sign everything that's been shelled from the UN and sign them all into treaties, etc., and into functioning treaties. And you're going to learn to obey authority. That's the new democracy really is. And if you notice, democracy, the term itself is getting used less and less, and we're presented with experts on everything. So the New World Society coming in will be um, a control freak type society where we're trained from birth to death for the functions that they'll have set up for us that's really what they're bringing, and we're being taught to obey in a Pavlovian style authority without question.
1: So, <clears throat> what I'm taking from what you just said, you know, so you're basically saying that that you feel that our president is basically a puppet uh, working for a, some type
0: of secret society, and just he's a member. He's a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. They were set up as the American branch of the Royal Institute for International Affairs, which are both private organizations. With the sole goal of bringing in a world government, where the intelligentsia have the right to rule the lesser's—that's basically it.
4: Yeah. Hi, Alan. This is uh, this is Matt from Columbus. We we had a quick question here from one of our uh, one of our listeners. They were wondering if you could expound a little bit on what is exactly meant by the uh, the deviants that the this this new society is meant to kind of uh, control. Like what well, type of the, people?
0: the guys at the top uh, truly believe in the whole theory of evolution as a religion. And they use uh, every big player from H.G. Wells onwards and through the Huxleys, etc. Uh, all, all have a praise to do with Plato, who came up with uh, the, basically the Republic, the book called The Republic, which is a, the same kind of agenda where you'd have a guardian class at the top who are more evolved, literally more evolved than all the rest. The and philosopher them,
4: kings and, and all
0: that. Yes, it gives them the right to rule the lessers and to to organize society along a planned way where the rest of the public, according to Plato, would get dread for their purpose to serve. And um, and, and so, really, uh, the the global agenda has manifested through the Royal Institute for International Affairs. One of its branches is the Fabian Society. I think every prime minister in Britain for the last uh, few or three, three houses has been a Fabian and their technique was to do it intergenerationally. You see, they they said that it would be better than the Soviet system. The Soviet system is done by fast revolution, fairly fast revolution, but people have memories, and word of mouth passes on the fact they're not too happy with it. If you can guide society through generations and give them the changes that they adapt to, adaptation is, is so important. Uh, then they'll never realize at the very end that they've been guided and pointed right along this road to totalitarianism and they will think at the end of it it's all quite normal that's literally what they call scientific indoctrination and all of the sciences have been used especially since the 1950s on uh, through the marketing media through academia who are all on board and most of the big professors are all concerned foreign relations members as well so uh, they have academia They have the big moguls of the press on board. They have education completely on board through UNESCO, United Nations. And the purpose of UNESCO is to create a global culture via the children by giving them a fresh indoctrination, radically different from that of their parents. So we're we're almost at the end of this phase now. And that's why they said that the 21st century, now in, in the 20th century in academia, Uh, the the, the professors were calling the 21st century, the coming 21st century, would be a century of change, but they never elaborated it to the public. What it means, and if you go into the writings of the foundations to find it, and you'll find it the CFR and other big foundations that are all connected, working together. They said it's a century where you'll have the planned society. Eventually, they'll bring the population down around the year 2050, gradually. If you notice, um, and I've got articles on my site, from mainstream uh, medical authorities saying that most males in the Western world are 85% sterile. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's not happened by accident. Well, the Fabian technique is never to tell the public the truth since they're just children. Always give them a good excuse but not the real excuse for what you're doing. And that's how we're being fed fed this diet of political correctness for, for, for really 50 years in some countries. 30 years more in the U.S., but you're, you're now rapidly catching up. And a planned society, you can actually go into this, the the video. It's called the Russian story, where they'll show you one of the founders of the Fabian Society and member of the Royal Institute of International Affairs, George Bernard Shaw, saying, "When we rule, when we rule," he said, "we brought in our, our, our society. It says you." talking about the peasantry you'll have to come to us and justify why we should keep you alive so this is a step beyond family planning that they brought forward too with Margaret Sanger the next step is global planning and now we're seeing it in mainstream media Now I've read lots of articles recently uh, where they're calling for um, reducing the population by mandatory one child per family policies etc. in the western world
2: wow
3: now, do any of these these actions, though they may seem, uh, you know, to fit in this whole you know wor- new world order, but are some of them necessary in some way, shape, or form, or are they just absolutely? Unacceptable? They're not.
0: Uh, since the days of Malthus, Thomas Malthus, he came up with Malthusian doctrine of economics and population management on behalf of the British Empire or the British uh, dominant minority, as Huxley called them and he, he he used fake graphs and charts from the beginning to try and terrify um, his own crowds into forcing more wars on the public uh, to bring down the population as they built the empire. So there's always a purpose as they kill you off. You can always go with an empire for them. And he said that the poor should be housed in the most unhealthy regions where it's damp and etc. and poor conditions so that they could die off faster. Um, they, they actually work it all, all out to do with mathematics and economic necessity. And so they have decided that you're not simply born with the right to exist. No, you, you're, you can only born in their system if you have a purpose to serve the world state. Hence you're seeing coming out on cue in Britain, Canada, the US and other countries um, mandatory servitude, volunteerism. That's not a coincidence. So is because this once it's on the books, they can expand that to a year, then two years, etc. That's what it's all about. That's in the charter of the Royal Institute for International Affairs and the CFR, the bringing in of a world of service to the world state.
4: So, what, what you're talking about here, it, it seems like, when, and you mentioned Aldous Huxley, so is this basically a kind of society that, that Huxley was describing in like his books like Brave New World? Something along those lines, genetically bred servants.
0: His brother, his brother was Thomas uh, Julian Huxley. His grandfather was Sir Thomas Huxley. Sir Thomas Huxley was a best friend of Charles Darwin, and he took up the Darwinian cause to champion it when Darwin died. Uh, so they're both descended from there, and the Huxleys are actually also related to Darwin. Uh, but Julian Huxley became head, first head, CEO of UNESCO. And I've read on air some of his writings um, where he goes into what his brother was doing in the 1930s. His brother got all, all his ideas from Julian, because Julian was a scientist. And he talked about the necessity to, to reshape mankind, to alter their genes, to make them a better, uh, uh, more subservient, but efficient uh, uh, people, you know. And the necessity to devalue life over a period of time, gradually get the people used to the devaluation of life. And of course, what would fit the bill for him would be constant harping about overpopulation. So they've used fake graphs and charts for since the days of uh, Malthus right up to the present uh, to try and get their point across. Now, this book's been published, of books been published in all across the whole of Europe because they started their big crusade to reduce the populations at the end of World War I. And then King George at the end of World War II got the Royal Commission with the Royal Issue for International Affairs and the Royal Society to do a population study to find further ways to further reduce the population of the, especially the Western Hemisphere too, not just the Third World countries. And uh, they, they, they talked about all the different kind of policies they could possibly imagine to, to make it happen. And <clears throat> at the same time again they used fake, uh, scena- scary scenarios of what would happen. According to them, by 1960, we should have been lying on top of each other five deep, and it hasn't happened. But getting back to what they really want, the real reason is for their sustainable development program, we are useless eaters, according to Huxley and Bertrand Russell and other big players in this. And therefore, if we have no economic function in a post-industrial society, and going into post-technological society, since everything's made in China, and again, it was the same group who set up the trade for China, then we have no function in this planet. And that's what they talk about, the law of nature, that nature has no use for useless eaters. We are simply economic units to them, and that's the purpose we serve at the moment, is to pay taxes, bring in their ideal society as they reduce the populations at the same time.
4: So, so who gets to be a member of the uh, of this so-called elite? How how does one uh, ascend to that level, and, and not most be a of useless them, eater?
0: The, t- the high levels, the guardian classes, they call themselves after Plato, um, are are simply born. It's hereditary for most of them. And what Huxley and the rest of them said: those who have proven their worth, uh, meaning uh, through careful breeding, already. Remember Charles Darwin was but was the fifth generation of Darwin's that only bred in to the Wedgwood family. They, they didn't out-marry into any other family. They were already practicing eugenics in Charles Darwin's day, and he was an offspring of them.
2: I got a qu- I got a question for you. Um, would you relate any of the New World Order agendas and Illuminati gen- uh, agendas? Would you relate it at all to biblical prophecy?
0: No, they'll certainly use that. Some Some sections within them will certainly use that. Uh, prophecy, um, but again, I'll tell you where it is true with biblical prophecy in a sense. From the Gnostic viewpoint, ancient Gnosticism was already an elitist organization thousands of years ago. And when they coupled Platonism with with Neoplatonism in Alexandria in the second and third century A.D., and it's well written by the, the so-called professors of that time in Alexandria they wanted to bring in a perfect society they also looked at the general population and said they were basically useless unless they served a great cause so for thousands of years um they, they had believed in evolution superior types inferior types and an actual direction for man to move forward into this is what they call progress but they never define progress to the public So they do have an agenda. They believe you're supposed to have a purpose, an ongoing purpose, and H.G. Wells in his book and in the movie, uh, Things to Come at the End, uh, he basically expounds on this purpose, and that is for the elite always to go on and conquer the world, conquer all things in nature through science. And if necessary, um, go on and into space. In other words, always onwards. As you say, without a direction onwards, they believe their world would crumble.
4: Well, so that goes back to like the whole idea of like H. G. Wells and the Wings Over the World, and uh, you know, yeah. we—it's all or nothing.
0: Off the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: Actually, I, I actually really like that book.
0: <laughs> yes, because it's written that way. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So now you mention also that this that this stretches back you know into ancient times. So so where do groups like for instance like the Rosicrucians or the Freemasons where, where do they fit into all of this?
0: The Rosicrucians and Freemasons really came out after the Albigensian Crusades and the Bogomils and the Cathars who were rivaling the Catholic Church in parts of especially France southern France into Spain. Um, for centuries, and the, and the Catholic Church were astonished to find that Gnosticism was still alive and well. And Gnosticism and Cathars, uh, what they believed in was reincarnation. This is a, a strange business because they believed in the reincarnation of the perfect spirit, which can only come into the perfect body, which is of a lineage of special breeding. And this was in the 12th century, you know, 13th century. Uh, they were still doing this kind of stuff. And when you reach the stage of perfecti in Albigensianism, or Bogomanskurs, it was all the same group given different names according to the region they were in, uh, then you were uh, the, the laws did not apply to you, you were perfect. And you'll find uh, they they branched off into Europe after the persecution by the church that attacked them heavily. And by the way, a lot of the Knights nice Templars ended up in those regions of uh, southern France when they disbanded and became parts of these. Then they created Rosicrucianism, which would come into Europe, again, it broke out, in Germany and France in the 1500s. The Queen was the courts, uh, at first, her court was entirely Rosicrucian, openly, and the idea was, again, in a Fabian-type style, that under the guise that they would accept all religions into it, just like the Cathars did. You could be Jewish, you could be Christian, Catholic, whatever, but then you, you learn this dogma as well, and eventually uh, you take oaths to that particular sect. So under the guise of being all-inclusive, it takes you over, and once it's in power, it becomes the most intolerant sect of all. All these big foundations go back through what's called the mystery religion, uh, that simply changes its names down through the centuries. And, as I say, it goes back to this whole idea that Plato talks about in one of his stories, where he said that the perfect spirit, he says, we are aristocrats, he said, "we, we are guardians, because... We have the perfect spirit That can come into the perfect body Meaning their wives are chosen for them For certain qualities, intellect, etc um, As opposed to the commoners Who marry in common out of whatever You know.
4: So now In regard to the to the Cathars Now they were destroyed by the Catholic Church But I would say that the Catholic Church
0: They weren't destroyed that. It was a massive region You're talking about the something the size of Spain really And um, many of them lived in the mountain In these regions and so on and uh, uh, they certainly went underground, undercover, and they moved. They moved into to Germany big time, and into to Northern France, etc. And many of them, of course, um, just simply joined the Catholic Church.
4: So, do you think that there? So there, there definitely is a tie in. in in your opinion, between like the Cathari and like the Bavarian Illuminati under Adam Weishaupt, so that the same ideology yeah. there is, is being perpetuated.
0: That is right. Under the guise of constant persecution, they've hidden themselves. But you have to go into the histories to find out why they were really persecuted. I can understand power groups fighting power groups, but what was their, their main tenet? You see, well, just like Freemasonry or Rosicrucianism. Um, that they always tell one story to the the recruits or to the general public but they have an inner agenda kept to themselves an inner agenda is the the right of the spiritual and intellectual and more um, physically evolved type to rule over the lessers, that's really at the core of all of this so there's even um, a tape, a video up on Google uh, by some of the top Freemasons the um, uh, I think it was Manley P. Hall, and you'll hear the way he goes into his tactics, and eventually touches very so carefully on overpopulation or of overpopulation of the wrong sort, and how the, you know great powers would have to take all of this in charge, because at the t- at the heart of hearts they're all eugenicists, and uh, when you go into say the foundations like the Council on Foreign Relations, Mr. Rockefeller, etc., oh, he's yeah. still going around the world. Uh, Mandating that the world must be depopulated and funding all of these different front uh, foundations that he funds um, These guys are religious fanatics, but unfortunately they're very rich f- religious fanatics and we'll find in Weishaupt writing the same sort of idea where they literally lie to everyone uh, they laugh about how everyone swallows the story they give them, Weishaupt even said that there was a, a top Protestant minister who really believed his explanation of Christianity and how it expounded and helped them understand Christianity better. And Weishaupt calls him a fool. So they bring all these people in to work for them, and they never tell them the real truth. I got a question for you. Um, compl-
2: would you yeah. would you blame religion as being a part of the self destructive society we live in?
0: Religion in itself. Um, and this is one. This is one area where they're quite correct. Um, all institutions, and for the Masons, say that it's quite correct in this. All institutions eventually lose their fire or their zeal and become uh, too heavily burdened with finances and the making of money. And they become materialistic and then they, then they basically become corrupt. That's just fact. It's the same with the Constitution of the US. You can start off with the best of intentions, but if you aren't guarding it before you know it, you've got hereditary dynasties coming into office, not only electorate, but uh, bureaucracies as well. That's mm-hmm. the same across the Western world. So, you know, everything becomes corrupted eventually, and unless there is a new type of way shown to the public, um, or coming from the public, then you're going to be mastered. You're not going to be leading your own life. Someone will master you, and that, unfortunately, that's been going on for a long, long time. As we get taught, basically, uh, to allow experts and and um, agencies to manage our lives under the under the rule of law.
2: Now, on our show uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had John uh, Statmiller on, and he's also on the same uh, network that you'd go on, the uh, Republic Broadcast Network, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he he talks a lot about Ron Paul and being a huge Ron Paul supporter. Now there's a lot of controversy surrounding uh, having a Ron Paul bumper sticker on your car. Uh, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the whole Ron Paul situation?
0: I've said it before many times. One man, I don't care how honest or real he was, is not going to stop this because the institution itself of politics is completely taken over. It was a long time ago. And Professor Carl Quigley said that in his book, Tragedy and Hope, and he was the historian for the Council on Foreign Relations. He says, he says, the CFR has run America under secret societies, basically, under different names before the it became the CFR for 60 years. And that was the 1960s. So one man couldn't go in there and change this. The policies are almost set in stone, and you have, you have all these lobby groups, and non-governmental organizations and foundations uh, that basically are directing policy to governments. And every politician is so corrupt, they they know which way the wind goes. They go along with them all because they get all their funding from these foundations. So So foundations are guiding the world. So it's the And thousands of NGO groups uh, that appear to come from the public... And the new democracy really are the NGO groups. That was a Soviet system. It was based on NGOs with the leaders picked by the Politburo. It's the same thing here.
4: So, so do you think that democracy in America is, a, is an illusion?
0: Absolutely. And that, uh, Absolutely. that none, of our, the, none of our leaders are really i histories effective. of Bernays and how they use marketing, exactly what Bertrand Russell said they'd do. How they use psychology and to create American culture, and from the 50s, actually from the 30s onwards, and uh, they, they they did they created the consumer society to take the credit for it. Now the same boys that have all the money are telling you you consume too much. Now we're, we're being trained not to consume, and, and to go into a different kind of way of life. Uh, it's much easier to control the collective through massive indoctrination, daily propaganda than it is to hit the, the individual. And that's why the founding fathers, some of them said that, uh, even when they talked to two sides of their mouth sometimes, they said really uh, that, that it's the individual that, that, that should guide society, but of course you've got to lead your own life and guide your own life, you know, and be responsible for yourself. That, I, that, I, I, that attitude has been wiped out. We're taught the communitarianism, your community, that's the new system. We're a collective And their enemy is the individual now. That's why um, they're coming down with so many politically correct laws on everything. Until you can't express yourself in any way, shape, or form as an individual, you have to give the status quo parrot expressions that that are approved.
1: I I wanted to ask you real quickly, we know we try to ask all our guests this, what are your current views about uh, uh, President Obama and the current state of our government? Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I think it's right on plan. Uh, they got the Bush ad- group in, you see. Again, all his, his guys are all backs to the uh, trilateral, is the same as Obama. And uh, and the Bush couldn't push through all the, the, the treaty signing. See, Obama's job now, now that the structure for enforcement was set up during the Bush administration, um, Obama's job is to come in and now sign all the treaties that were shelved from the UN uh, with the Kyoto conferences, all of these things. And bring you in line with the rest of the world now, as you sink into the to the global system, and also as it take the last year tax box to to fund it.
1: <laughs> right. Another thing that I did want to ask you about, in in a, found a lot of information about this. Um, what were your feelings about this that I was reading about on your website? It's called A Course in Miracles. About this mm-hmm. movement, can you give me give you know the listeners some more information about that?
0: Well, the Course in Miracles. You mean the book? Yes yeah well the book really was was um uh, again uh when you create a new system for a new era a new age you give a new religion
2: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, all, all the top writers including um uh, gorbachev said this he said that in his own book he says we're creating a religion that must be kind of earth based or earth worship based he says to bring in the greening policies which will control us et but so they, they brought in a new age religion starting really with uh, pop music and rock music about the same time and it goes back to one of their specialized branches which again was was um, led off by Blavatsky and Britain theosophy the idea was to bring in more and more and more women into this a branch a sideline a branch uh, of Freemasonry to get them on board working towards this agenda too and she was very successful um, they're funded today by the Rockefeller Foundation, Theosophy, and, and he is a, a Theosophist too, Rockefeller, amongst many other things. But um, they have to get books out there like New Age Bibles. And what what Blavatsky said her job was to do was to blend basically religions of the East, especially those of Hinduism, with Christianity, and till eventually in the future, maybe the 20th century, maybe beyond, she says. Uh, they'll be completely merged together with nature so you have a nature-bound religion which uses, again, uh, reincarnation, etc hmm. um, reincarnation, remember I mean, how many reincarnationists have you ever met who are ordinary people in a previous lifetime? you never find them you, you find a 10,000 Cleopatras, etc and Mark Antony's right. everybody's <laughs> famous well, the idea, it, it has snob appeal it has ego appeal, etc but it also brings into it the belief, uh, the physical belief on the on the physical side of evolution. So it's coupled with physical evolution, spiritual evolution, and and once again, there's a great plan for everyone working together in a certain direction. Always, this progress planned is always part of it. You see, you can't just be born to live and exist. That's out the window. You must be part of this big movement and a plan. The great work they call it. The great work in masonry is not only rebuilding personal man individually like bottom masons believe it's literally rebuilding the world and, le- and perfecting all that was left imperfect, that's everything in nature especially the common people
4: well see and now it, it, it strikes me though that these in general like the, those concepts of like of rebuilding rebuilding the society and to perfect society seem like noble causes to
0: try to fix you the problems that we You must understand what have. they mean by perfection, from whose point of view. To, to, to make you a different creature, to serve them without protest is their idea of perfection. Without having the ability to even come to the conclusions, never mind the means to protest.
4: Yeah. Now, now getting back to when we were talking about... Um, You know, eugenics programs and and perfection. Now, that to me also strikes me very much of like the Nazi ideology. So, but
3: the world united against Nazism. So were they? Yeah. Mm -hmm.
4: So were 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 the Nazis basically also trying to create a kind of uh, of this perfect society that you're Uh, describing, and that they were that they were ultimately defeated by by the uh, world alliance. well, how how it was. This? the
0: whole idea was to get wars going in fact wars are the greatest as Quigley himself said wars are meant to change societies on all sides it doesn't matter who, who apparently wins or loses, society is changed because governments take over with massive bureaucracies into different areas of your personal lives and we all work together during warfare that's why they're using terrorism right now to help bring the whole global society together and the club of Rome admit they dreamed up the idea of global warming too to bring us all together so the Nazis um, took, simply took what was already in London, England. They took the, the writings of Huxley, uh, Lord Halford, and a whole bunch of people uh, together, uh, the Malthusian Doctrine, uh, Theosophy. They took the writings of, of um, George Bernard Shaw, who's one of the founder members of the Fabian Society, where he said, you'll have to come to us and, and explain why we should keep you alive, for, if you have no purpose in our society. Um, so they took all of that from London, in fact. And Albert, Bernard Shaw, remember in the 1920s, wrote Man and Superman, long before Hitler came up with the, the Superman idea. The psychiatric association again came down through Freud and all the rest of it. It was all parts of eugenics as well. And most, almost all the, the, the psychiatrists in Germany were members of the Nazi, actually card-carrying members of the Nazi party because their philosophy in psychiatry were so tied in with that of inferior and superior types. Uh, And there's there's been very good documentaries done on that very, very topic. Um, So Hitler was doing that in the Soviet Union. They literally put a book out called, I think it's "Cog and the Wheel. And it was about their idea too. See, Darwinism came up with the idea that man is just basically clay. And the scientists therefore understood nature and sciences could reshape the public to be any way that they wanted to think, to do, to behave, whichever way they wanted to do. Pavlov took up on that, and they tried that in the Soviet Union. They said they'd create the Sovieticus man,
2: hmm.
0: and in Germany it was to be the Superman after after the writings of, of those guys in London. And so it's always been at the top of the tree this eugenics movement. In in America, the Cold Water uh, Harbor. Uh, station at New York was set up by the Rockefeller and Carnegie Foundation to promote eugenics they came up in their own writings to tell you they came up with the census for, for America, the census idea, for the sole purpose of following family histories to see who would eventually be allowed to breed and who would not be allowed to breed, that's in their own writings at the foundation
4: Now, and the, the whole idea of uh, the the Kaga machine sounds very Hobbesian <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, but, but so here's the thing what, what's the alternative to that I mean how is this, how is this derailed how is this uh, it's only
0: derailed if people literally have a will to, to take back the humanity individually because uh, Russell and many other ones wrote out the agenda and Huxley too Julian Huxley wrote out the agenda at UNESCO uh, for how to create massive apathy intergenerationally as you taught and trained the public, that they literally have no rights. And they've been very, very successful. They also said they'd try and use drugs on as many of the population as possible. So All kinds of that. drugs, <laughs> tranquilize them, etc., etc., through the changes. If life isn't worth taking... See, the thing is, we have no choice but to change it because these guys have told us where they're taking us. Now, and it's not pleasant. It is not pleasant at all.
3: What happens to the individuals such as yourself, yeah. who are free thinking, mm-hmm. and and can actually see what is going on behind the lines, and may be mm-hmm. able to take action and and inform people? What happens to that? Well,
0: group? Uh, up until now, up until now, um, they tried to get you on board with them. I've been asked by the big institutions myself to join them, and take part in the round meeting, uh, table meetings. Really? Wow. Oh yeah and I've, been, I've had books sent by the United Nations asking my opinion on these things, these planned dome cities and stuff to come. Hmm. And, oh, yeah.
1: And so you get all
0: the bribes coming your way. A lot of folk get bought off. Other ones will get bought off and stay in their same position and, and lead, yeah. lead uh, people around in circles, taking them nowhere. That's part of their job.
3: And that, that seems to be the reoccurring
0: theme there is is greed.
3: Which is oh, constantly yeah. and re-supported.
0: And I'll tell you, they're flabbergasted, these people, uh, when you say no. They can't yeah. understand you. They know you're not living in luxury by any means. Mm-hmm. And we're essentially. They, they, they know right? exactly what you've got because there's no such thing as privacy. They can go into your bank account and see the few bucks you got there. They yeah. know everything about you in the real world. Yeah.
3: And our society is is built upon that, you know. Perpetual yes. wealth that we constantly have to have, so yes. that we're almost geared that way. That it would seem ludicrous for us to to turn that kind of thing down, because that is, according to what they are telling us, mm-hmm. is the ideal society is or the ideal life is yes. to have wealth
1: and power.
0: Rather and than and we go in again to the mind of the psychopathic types. That I mean, psychopathy can be passed on intergenerationally, especially, and this was found out with old kings and queens. Who were the descendants of various families who simply slaughtered everybody else to get to the top, and then they they were, you know, they get mated up by priests for certain qualities, and compassion was not one of them. Uh, So you have have the same type in this society who always get to the top, like an Adam Weishaupt type, who's cunning, uh, lives on his pure ego and um, has no problem lying to people to achieve his means, plus he knew how to use everyone else to, to, to do the, the work for him. That's another talent of a psychopath.
2: Right. Yeah. Alan, i got so, a, I got a question for you here. Um, this is a big comment that comes up from a lot of our listeners out there, and I, I've got to ask you this because uh, I'd like to hear your opinion on it. What are your thoughts on the reptilian and shape-shifting have you heard much about that? Where We get a lot of listeners uh-huh. that will send us comments saying that uh, the people that are part of this elite group have a bloodline where they're oh, basically... Basically,
0: oh, the, the, the David Icke the, theory. That, that's for the comic books. You <laughs> see, the, best way, for <laughs> the you. best way for counterintelligence, and they do use counterintelligence.
2: Right.
0: Counterintelligence means you take the intelligence and the facts that are being passed around, you add to it something that's ludicrous, promotes it, finance it heavily... And then you ridicule the truth along with with the ludicrous parts, and the baby is thrown out with the bathwater. Right. Well, That's I got what that is.
2: I got to admit, to you, I'm not a believer in the reptilian and shape-shifting thing either. But we've had people on the show that claim they've seen it and claim that it's real. And yeah. these people will swear up and down and live by it that they've seen it and
0: truly mm-hmm. believe that people can do this kind of stuff.
4: Well, that's what oh, they I say. The, the bigger the lie, the
2: easier
0: it is to get people to believe it. Yes, I can remember in, in, the, in the 1950s. There's an old, there's a very good thing on UFOs out there because the US, the U.S. Air Force had all these experimental craft in Nevada, and they were using atomic right. power plants. They had, had articles published and photographs of them. But then they came up and said, you know, we're going to hide this from the public after showing stuff in major magazines. And so they dreamed up with the idea of the UFOs and they said, it must be from outer space because we don't have that. <laughs> and uh, they actually hired, they actually hired a, a guy to go around the U.S. saying that he was having trips off to Venus by these guys who would come and visit him. And it, they set him up with lots of money. They gave him tours around the country, big halls, all funded by the cia hey,
2: I've got, I got and, a, and
0: he would say they're leaving notes for him <laughs> when they're coming next to visit him and all the rest of it <laughs>
2: that's crazy i got a, a comment here from a listener he wants me to ask you about dr persinger in canada yes um I don't, i've never heard of him uh, but he wants me to ask. Persinger is him.
0: one of the leading researchers on neuroscience at the university laurentian university is and uh, they slice up lots of brains and stuff, and he talks about the ability to. They use the carbon helmet at the university there, where they can actually simulate LSD. You put this thing on; it's got low low frequency uh, ELF waves in it. It stimulates the temporal lobe and can and it can simulate all kinds of hallucinogenic drugs. Wow! And um, that's an old one. We've had it here since the 60s in Canada, and. Uh, but he also was into uh, d- how different drugs react on different parts of the brain and under neuroscience that they're finding ways to literally alter pathways of thinking and so on. This, uh, again, this all goes along into the, this directed society where everyone will be programmed in the future. Now, you don't get, you do not, in fact, and there's a link on my site to a, a, a talk he gave to his students, Mr. Persinger, uh, on these topics. Uh, so people should go into my archives and find it. But. Um, he, you, you cannot do anything in research on that level in any university without the CIA being involved it has to do with controlling people and control of the mind the MKM Ultra did not stop with an inquiry it never stopped because data information on, on this kind of stuff is so imperative for them so they collect this kind of data and they certainly are finding ways to use it Interesting.
2: well since you do have the Canadian connection does socialism really work
0: Socialism is just a front again uh, for the organized, ordered society, the planned society.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: As I say, that you won't be won't be born unless uh, the elite have a, a need for you to serve them in some way or other. You simply won't be born, and they've said that in their own writings.
2: Right. Well, on this show, I've I've uh, preached many a times that I'm, I'm I'm against socialism, and I feel that this country with uh, Obama and his cabinet. In power, we're going more and more towards that direction. I just recently read an article that, um, you know, I'm sure you've heard about the bailouts and all that, uh, with all the money oh, that oh, we're spending. Yeah. <laughs> they just gave another $2 billion to General Motors. I mean, yes. what's going on here? Why, why are we dishing so much money out to these companies? Whatever happened to you, if you mess up, you fail, then you're gone.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that, that is socialism now. We're all in it together, as, as, as they said in the movie Brazil. Uh, we're all in it together we're all in the same boat together but uh, all they're doing is doing what they've done for for centuries and that's pay off their own pirates They're, they're always pirates at the top they think it's their right to fleece the public but eventually after all these bailouts it won't matter. It will put us for, so far in the hole, it gives them the excuse to say, look, it's not working, we can't go on like this, we need a brand new system, and up pops the, an international monetary fund and does exactly what it was designed to do at the end of World War Two, and that's to take over the entire money supply and, and actually print the money for the planet. They're talking about it now. Nothing happens by accident. All they're doing is a final looting putting it in a hole so that we could never recover and go back to the old system because they must introduce the new system that was planned a long time ago
4: So so do you believe that a North American union then is uh, is in our near future?
0: I played on the air from the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation which is our BBC, is government owned uh, from 2005 the Council on Foreign Relations saying when the, the President and the two Prime Ministers signed the first negotiation part that this was the the first part of the five parts, five annual signings, and by the year 2010, we will be completely amalgamated. I used their own tape from the official source.
3: Wow. Now, to There's delve... There's no belief involved. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. To delve into a little bit of the conspiracy theories, um, people who believe that the uh, disasters of nature, uh, hurricanes, floods, mm-hmm. those kind of things, that they are... Uh, things that are caused by these elite on order to, you know, control population. I mean, do you follow into that, or do you think that their system right (laughs) now mostly has to do with control rather than extermination?
0: It's all of that. We are being exterminated. If you look at the death ways, we're plummeting. Uh, We have cancers we never even heard of before. In fact, there's so many that they don't even bother giving them names now. Some strange cancers breaking out all the time. And remember uh, that that King George meeting on world population reduction that they had—an emergency meeting at the end of World War II. World War II hadn't killed off enough people for these boys, so they, they were talking about ways to find uh, ways to bring down the population. Well, you can't ask for volunteers, and these guys have been happy with their mandate on depopulation very seriously. Very powerful, wealthy organisations—they don't ask for volunteers; they go ahead and do it. Um, we know for a fact we're sterilised because of the bisphenol that they put in all the food, mm-hmm. the plastic bottles, and all the rest of it for the last fifty years. Oh yeah. We follow that the autism rate, and in, in, in the, in the, their own charts and graph will show you, uh, from about one in hundred and fifty thousand to about one in five.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I do know that that the autism rate and, and is. And it's
0: the same with all all of these things. Um, you have young people now with with chronic uh, ageing diseases, yep. uh, adolescent arthritis. They said they would take the third world countries down quicker in yeah. the world meeting. But, if, but in the Western country, the best way to stop breeding, they said, was to make people ineligible as, as good partners. People who are young yet sick or crippled are ineligible as my partners.
3: Now, is it becoming, would you think in your opinion, that, that it's becoming harder for them to do the things that they are doing? Um, because if you look at history and you look at, Things around that happened around the time of the Romans, uh, the plagues that just sporadically showed up out of nowhere and mm-hmm. spread violently. That yeah. nowadays, these if these things happen, the public cries out for you know response to this, and people are you know somewhat educated a little bit more so on that and think you know this mm-hmm. doesn't seem right when they look at it. So I mean, do you believe that it's actually becoming harder, and that things are gonna mm-hmm. they're having yeah. to get craftier mm-hmm. with their <laughs>
0: I don't, think they, I, think, I don't think they even have to get crafty when you look at all the ways that, that they plan a century ahead sometimes. Look mm-hmm. at the United Nations with its 10 year plans for one thing 50 for another, 100 years for another that's how the Soviet Union was run that's how the Fabians run their society mm-hmm. that's how the British Empire there was a nucleus for this world society it runs itself. It's in 100 year plans. You never ever tell the truth or your goal to the general public that's number one But they also look upon how the public will react to every part of any implementation or anything that they will cause to happen. And and they they will have think tanks which will debate endlessly repercussions from the public before they even introduce the first step to get the repercussions. Just like a chess game you go through before you play the first piece. Yes. And that's how they plan the future. They put everything ready for every response. Right now, their own think tanks for NATO, and I've got them on my website, From the British government and the one from the US military, which are both identical, forecast nothing but from about 2010 onwards escalating riots across the Western world. So for 30 years of riots. But they won't say why. Uh, Now they they say there could be outbreaks of disease. Well, they've already discussed, Bertrand Russell discussed using plagues to bring down the population. So did the Huxleys. Uh, So have many others in the Council of Foreign Relations. Um, everything that they, they have in Revelation, the book Revelation in the Bible, actually, strangely enough, uh, they can actually do through science today. They have viruses. They, they, there's a book put out in Canada using declassified information from the U.S., Canadian, and British governments about just World War II, how Canada led the world in bio in World War II, viruses, viruses and bacterium. And even fungi for plants for wiping out whole crops and everything else, and um, they had start, they had the equivalent of mad cow disease created in 1945. The hmm. exact same thing they had they created Lyme's disease, a disease which was carried by a tick. Now it could also be transferred by mosquito.
3: Now, now you also have what's what's kind of interesting. I'm kind of falling into this now. <laughs> is yeah. along with yeah. introducing different types of viruses and bacteria you also have this cultural fetish with cleanliness and sterilizers yep. and where me growing up as a child i played in the dirt you know ate mm-hmm. with dirty hands picked something up off the ground and it, and it didn't really matter but nowadays you always see a mom with a bag of cheerios with her kid and the next thing right next to that is that hand sanitizer and yeah. it's and it's creating these these children that are susceptible to so many diseases. No, that that doesn't do
0: it. That's a late late propaganda piece that came out recently about, we're just too clean and that's why we're sick. We're, We're so sick because of the inoculations we got from our youth onwards that do what? What does inoculation do? It goes right for your immune system. That's what it operates on, is your immune system. And prior to 1950, prior to all the big world meetings, you didn't have people coming down with all these diseases then. After 1950, everything skyrocketed. Uh, Beside pulling your tonsils out, your adenoids out by law in some countries across mm-hmm. Europe, everybody got them out. That's part of your immune system. Just been one third is just gone. Great thing if you want them to be sick down the roads. Yeah. And and all the inoculations that you have got now, um, uh, uh, these characters, remember, who work for the big pharma companies, are all part of the military-industrial complex. Baxter Laboratories that gives an awful lot of, of, of inoculations out there they're the ones who, who mistakenly supposedly served the live H5N1 virus across the planet recently mixed with the ordinary flu virus by mistake were part of IG Farben for Nazi Germany mm-hmm. I don't trust these guys at all because what they had to do was train the public that the medical profession that one time people scorned, it was a hit or miss thing Until antibiotics came along. Sure. And it raised him up to a status of almost godhood. And Jack C. Long went through that whole stage. He says, everything you see to do with fiction, movies, novels, etc., to do with medicine, police, etc., is nothing but propaganda to build up institutions so that you will obey them.
1: We get into a lot of uh, religious discussions on our show here we have some people that are Christians we have some people that are atheists so we get, we obviously can get into some pretty interesting uh, discussions now be, me myself being a Christian person uh, you know I have a basic understanding of the nWO Illuminati that type of thing but you know, obviously I still think God's ultimately going in control and will come and save us. What do you have to say to uh, somebody like me that believes
0: that I think. I think to be honest with you, I don't believe in a collective Christianity. I don't think Christianity was ever meant for a collective. I think it was an individual thing to begin with. When it becomes a collective, it's institutionalized and that that's when you start to lose the basic the basic messages to people. Um, any, everywhere in the New Testament, you always have Jesus talking to the individual
2: mm-hmm.
0: because it's, it's this individual can only change by a numinous experience. Mm-hmm. they must be personal to that person it's not like a collective thing what happens, oh I, I get popped in water I say this and then I'm saved forever no, that's a ritual mm-hmm. um, the, the inner man doesn't change unless you have the numinous experience and that's what it was all about and then of course big religions always end up on board unfortunately with political agendas and movements and they're used but as far as the basic Christianity itself is, um, it's one of the probably the only religion that ever came out that, gave, that, that made elites accept the fact that anybody, didn't matter who you were right down to the lowest peasant you had rights So you, you so were a holy thing created by something that had nothing to do with them It was above them and that's why Christianity was the main object for destruction by what you call the Illuminati, Rosicrucians High masonry, etc., because they had to eradicate the idea in order to control us all and do with us as they wish that we are special, that each, each individual is unique and special and created by a deity a, with a spirit from a deity of value. That was the thing. No other religion gives you that value and what, that right to speak up. What about uh, Judaism and, and Islam? Judaism is primarily law. And even in the New Testament... Um, remember, Judaism is not Hebrewism. It's not Hebraic. It was a religion born in captivity, supposedly, in Babylon uh, that, that, that did away with the old temple priests uh, who were hereditary, the Levites, and came out using the Talmud, which was a compilation of wise men's sayings and laws and teachings, etc., and it's still used today. Um, in the New Testament... As I say, uh, even Jesus talks to their eyes, and he says that. He says, he says you, you follow the laws of men.
4: So do you do you think that, uh, as some have postulated, that Christianity itself is derived from some of the ancient mystery religions like uh, Mithraism?
0: There's no doubt that, that whatever happened a long, long time ago, they adopted right onto it the old sun worship type uh, doctrine. The virgin birth was common. Uh, because they, remember, too, when the Catholic Church really took over, and Protestants forget this, they forget they're still using basically the same stuff that was left over from the the, the, the Latin Vaticanus version. And the, the, um, they said that um, when they wiped out the Arian her- heresy, the Arian heresy, remember, Arianism was Gnosticism, once again, Arian said that Jesus was just a man and that every person had, had the ability, if they sought out a creator, their God, to receive spirit from God. Well,
4: in Christianity, God-like. it's
0: a similar thing, it's the same kind of thing. But, but in every major religion, you've always had the Gnostic groups coming down through the ages and they did it with Mithraism. Mithraism was, was so akin to Freemasonry in its teachings. Uh, it's almost indistinguishable, in fact. It's very elitist, though. It's very high, Freemasonry. Uh, and uh, Constantine himself simply adopted Christianity in as a method of controlling vast amounts of people because of his of teachings of peace. And, 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 of course, they added into obeyance. It's, it's so odd that Christians today are so quiet, thinking, I'm okay, I'm saved, doesn't matter what the world does. Either they're following someone that gave his life by standing up to number one the international bankers of his day because the temple wasn't just a little temple hole in the wall place it was an international place where money was exchanged he couldn't take foreign currency in there it had to be uh, Judaic money that was holy so so they came from all over the ancient world where they had Jewish settlements and quarters of of the Greek world, the ancient Greek world and the Roman world even the island of Rhodes which they ruled all the merchants and they had to come here. Thousands would come with lots of money. And the money changers sat in the temples and changed this money and made a big profit. It was an international exchange. So he drove them out. That was a no-no because everybody was happy. The rabbis were getting their cuts. The Romans were getting their cut. Everybody was getting their cuts. And uh, he drove them out. And then he turns on the rabbis themselves. So and, do you see uh,
4: modern religion as, still, as a form of, of social control that plays into this whole plan?
0: Of course it is. In fact, um, there's a video, it was very well done, it was done by the BBC, who showed you that the New American Century group under, um, when Bush was in, Bush Jr., uh, spent millions and millions of dollars to do a campaign on a Christian movement in America to mobilize them on board for war. And I never thought here the day where American Christians would be literally um all gung-ho to sign up to go and, and kill uh, for a political agenda thinking it was the way to do god's work it's it it amazing how easily it was done they knew what strings to pull they knew the conditioning of the minds and they used it as a political agenda
3: And hasn't but hasn't that been used
0: before in in, oh, in the past i mean i mean it's always it's been a that's reasonable. what i'm saying if you're involved in a mass movement uh where, you, where rituals come over remember the whole idea again in, uh, in any original writing that was left at all about an original guy called Jesus, before they tacked on the sun worship, before they tacked on the virgin birth and all that stuff to make it more acceptable to the pagans who understood that kind of thing um, you have someone, as I say uh, that spoke to the individual, not to didn't he didn't say we're all going to heaven in a posse, in fact what he said was he says the road to heaven is very narrow and few there are that find it do. How can you have a mass movement of things Thinking you're all going to heaven Where only a few can find it
2: Interesting I mean Some of this stuff is just really crazy Honestly But uh, I do see your point And I, I I do appreciate you taking the time To come on our show tonight uh, I wish we had some more time to spend with you But um, uh, we'd like to give our guests The uh, final words So I just want to know if you had any final thoughts Or if any final words for some of our listeners out there
0: Yes, uh, I said this tonight. My own show. I said we've got to start learning to say no to all the authoritarianism that's getting rammed down our throats. Before we're utterly manacled, these guys literally would have to chain us all up for world peace. That's their idea of world peace, and that's no life. And therefore, we've got to take back one by one, family by family, etc., our rights because we have as much right to plan our destiny as these characters are at the top. In fact, we have more. We have more right to do so.
2: I agree with you I agree 110% Well um, on the line with us tonight is uh, Mr. Alan Watt From CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com His information will be on our website uh, If you want to get in touch with him Or um, just uh, listen to his show We highly recommend it We ask you to support Mr. Watt Uh, I'm a big fan Um, I want to thank you again for taking the time It was amazing having you on And uh, hopefully we get to work again with you very soon
0: It's been a pleasure to be on with you.
2: Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your night, and thank you for being on the Extreme Society Show. Take care. You too.